Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on May 7th, 2017, on the basis of Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. It is an incredible promise when you really think about it. You heard it for yourselves. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I think part of the beauty of that promise is how vague and nondescript it is. You see, so often we can limit the promises of Jesus to maybe just one particular area of our lives. We, we focus Jesus' promises and what he plans to provide on just certain specific things. For example, at times we might put all of the focus on the earthly temporal blessings that Jesus promises and provides. We might think that, that, sure, if you put faith in Jesus, if you follow Jesus, you will be happy, you will be healthy, you will be wealthy, you will be wise, everything will be great. Other times we might put all of the focus and all of the attention simply on the spiritual and eternal blessings that Jesus brings. In other words, if you believe in Jesus, if you follow Jesus, it, it might not make your life better. In fact, it might actually make it more difficult and worse, every day of your existence might be miserable, but don't worry, one day it'll all come to an end, and then you'll get to go to heaven. Jesus doesn't limit it in either way. He simply says, I have come that they may have life. Every single thing that our bodies need, every single thing that our souls crave for, Jesus promises. Life now and forever. And not just a, a pinch, not just in small measure, but life in abundance, life to the full. That's his promise. But I think the, the beauty of that promise is also part of its challenge. I mean, imagine if someone came to you and said, I, I can give you a life beyond your wildest dreams. I can make your life fantastic. All you need to do is give me your date of birth, your social security number, and all of your bank account information. Odds are at that point, if we, if we don't just walk away immediately, of course, we, we might want a few more details. We might want some more specifics. Well, by calling himself our good shepherd, Jesus is, yes, promising us life to the full, but he's also asking He's also asking that we rely on him, that we depend on him for everything. He's also asking that we follow him wherever he leads us. And again, all for this very vague and very nondescript promise. Well, thankfully, in the word of God that's in front of us today, we get some of those much sought after details. In these words from the book of Acts, Luke, the writer, paints this beautiful picture of the early Christian church. He paints this beautiful picture of Christians who are living it up. Christians who are enjoying the satisfied, content, joyful life that Jesus promises to his sheep. And as we take a look at these verses today, as we take a look at this picture, the fact that Jesus has also promised us this life, it means that as we look at this picture, realize this could be you. Here's the picture that Luke paints. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, 
to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So here's what a full life looks like. First of all, lots of church, lots of religion, their daily routine, their weekly routine, prioritized, hearing the words of Jesus that were relayed to them by the apostles, and secondly, receiving the meal that Jesus had left behind, the meal that we call the sacrament of Holy Communion. Full life means lots of church. Full life also means lots of charity. Anytime someone was in need, those Christians sprang into action to help them out. In fact, they sold their possessions, sometimes even their property, so that anyone who was in need could be taken care of. Lots of church, lots of charity, finally lots of fellowship. They didn't just gather together weekly and daily in the temple courts. They also met in each other's homes. They ate together. They hung out together. They shared their lives with one another. They shared their joys and their challenges, their frustrations and their successes. That's the picture of a full life that Luke describes in Acts. I'd be willing to guess I can predict your reaction to that picture. I think I can predict your reaction to that picture because this kind of thing happens all the time, where someone places before our eyes a picture of what at least they consider to be a full, ideal life. And when that happens, there's usually one of two reactions. One reaction is to be discouraged. This is what happens when you have a friend who puts pictures on Facebook all the time that just makes their lives and their family's lives look absolutely perfect. This is what happens when a parent says to a child, why can't you be more like your sister? She is so driven, she is so determined, she is so talented, she is so outgoing. This is what happens when your wife comes home and tells you all about this new male coworker that she has who's so charming and so smart and so sensitive, and oh, by the way, he's tall, dark, and handsome too. The reaction is to be discouraged, right? Someone has put a picture in front of you that you know this, this is what life is supposed to be. This is what I am supposed to be, and yet I look at my own life and I, I clearly am not. So we look at their devotion to God's word, and we say, yes, absolutely, I, I ought to prioritize hearing the words of Jesus weekly and daily and feasting on the meal that Jesus has left for us as Christians, and yet so often I, I let just about anything stand in the way of me being in God's house on Sunday morning or in my Bible during the week. We look at their charity and we say, yes, this, this would be fantastic if Christians would just work together to help one another out. And yet I look at everything that God has given me, which is so much more than what I actually need, and I still find it so hard to chip in and give to someone who doesn't have what I have. We look at their fellowship and we think, yes, I, I'm guessing there are people in my church family who are hurting, who are struggling, who would use and benefit from a kind word of support, and yet I don't, even, I don't even know any of them well enough to know whether or not that's the case. We look at this picture of a full life and it leads us to be discouraged. That's one reaction. The other reaction is to be disinterested. 
This is what happens when you start talking to someone and all they want to talk about are the Packers' recent draft picks and how turkey hunting season went. And really all you want to talk about is the health care bill that passed through the house this week. This is what happens when someone starts telling you all about their brand new diet, everything low carb, everything all organic, all natural, low fat, and all the good, benefit it, and all the good benefits that it's providing in their lives. And, and all you're thinking the whole time is, man, I need a big juicy burger with a side of french fries that is just smothered in ketchup. <laughs> you look at the picture of what someone else considers to be a full ideal life and your picture is very, very different. So we look at their devotion to God's word and we think, okay, is, is that really necessary? I mean, I'm in church a couple times a month. I've got the kids in Sunday school, which of course they, they need that, right? But let's be honest, let's not take this religion thing too seriously. Maybe we look at their charity and we think, boy, I'm going to leave that to somebody else. I mean, the, I have a hard enough time in my own life making ends meet as it is, and so I'll let someone who has more than what I have be the generous person. We look at their fellowship and we think, you know what, I, I really don't need any more friends. I have friends of my own. I don't need to make friends at church, especially when so many of them seem to have so little in common with me. One of those two reactions, discouraged or disinterested. On the one hand, realizing that this sounds like a great life, but, but realizing that so often we fall short. On the other hand, wanting nothing to do with this life and being perfectly fine with it. In a lot of ways, they're, they're both opposite reactions to the picture that Luke paints, and yet they have two very important things in common. One thing, of course, to state the obvious, is that neither one of them is the reaction that God wants us to have to seeing this picture. But the second is to realize that the cure for both of those reactions is exactly the same. And the cure, simply put, is Easter. The cure is to remember where we are in the book of Acts when we get this picture of a full life. These words are following right on the heels of the words that we've been looking at the past two weeks. That's seven weeks after Jesus had risen from the dead. The apostle Peter stands up in front of this large group of people and he says, look, here is what happened. Jesus lived. You know that. Jesus died. You know that. Jesus rose from the dead. We've seen it. He goes on to say, here's what that means. It means that God has given his full endorsement to Jesus as the Savior of the world and his chosen Messiah. And so your opposition of him, your crucifixion of him was opposition to the Lord's anointed Savior and Messiah. And yet in spite of that, because God has given Jesus his full endorsement, you are forgiven for all of those sins. That was the message that all of these people had heard. And it was through that message, through that news, that the Holy Spirit worked these changes in their lives. I mean, you can even imagine it. It wasn't as if thousands and thousands of people woke up one day and said, you know what would be fun? If we start, started living the exact opposite way of what we had been living before. You know what would be fun if all of a sudden we took everything that we considered to be truly important in life and all of a sudden realized that it was trivial and took everything that sometimes we think is so trivial and really cling to it as the most important thing. No, living this picture of a full life does not depend on your desire to have it. It does not depend on your ability to accomplish it. No, this full life 
all starts with Easter. Jesus rose from the dead. They heard about it, and the rest just took care of itself. I mean, think about it. You can draw a straight and direct line from every single detail of the picture that Luke paints to Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Why in the world would people be so devoted to hearing the words of Jesus? Why would they care more about those words than they care about talk radio and their iTunes playlist and their Netflix, Netflix queue? Well, it's because of Easter. Easter means that the words of Jesus are the words of God himself. Why would people care so much about receiving this meal that Jesus had left behind, the sacrament of Holy Communion? Why would they prioritize that and care about that far more than they care about getting to brunch on Sunday morning? It's because of Easter. It's because Easter means that in this meal we are receiving Jesus' body and blood, the very price that was paid for our salvation. Why would people be so generous with one another? Why would the lines between what's mine and what's yours be really, really blurred and everything shared in common? It's easy. It's because of Easter. Easter means that the possessions that are truly worth chasing after, the possessions that we must acquire and hold on to, are not the ones that we can pile up before the casket lid closes, but rather the possessions that we know will be waiting for us when that casket lid opens back up. Easter means that we are set free from the petty pursuit of what ultimately amounts to just pennies in the grand scheme of things because we know the unfathomable inheritance that is stored up in heaven for us. Why would people not just share their possessions but share their lives with one another, especially when they have so little in common? Well, it's because Easter erases all of those things that make us different. Easter erases pride and condescension toward others. Easter erases envy and resentment toward others. Easter makes us members of one family. Easter means that we better get used to hanging out with the people in this room because we're going to be hanging out with the people in this room forever and ever in heaven. This picture of a full life, it all begins with Easter. And so, yes, we can have one of two reactions to it. On the one hand, we might be completely discouraged. And yet Easter means that the only way, the only way God would ever hold against us our sins of failing to live up to his perfect standards is if you can get Jesus back in his tomb. And on the other hand, we might be completely disinterested in it. We might think we have our own definition of what a picture-perfect life looks like, but the only way that our picture will ever be shown and proven to be better than this picture is if we can get Jesus back in his tomb. A full life begins with Easter. Now, a little bit of a, a caveat is in order. Easter doesn't necessarily mean that our lives have to look exactly like this. It doesn't mean that after church today you need to figure out whose house you're going over to for dinner Monday through Friday this week or who's coming over to your place. It doesn't mean that when you go home today you need to put a for sale sign out in front of your property just so that you have enough cash on hand in case anybody would need it. In fact, as we read about 
other descriptions of the early Christians living out a life that is directly connected to Easter, those descriptions are actually a little bit different than this one. This is a picture of a full life, not the picture of a full life. And so Easter doesn't mean that your life and our lives need to look exactly like this. But it does mean that our lives will indeed look something like this. Devotion to God's word and to the meal that he has left behind for us. Generosity toward those who are in need and sharing our joys and our sorrows, our challenges and our successes with the members of our family. That's the picture of a full life. It's the full life that the Good Shepherd promised, and it's the full life that he delivered on Easter Sunday morning. And so the good news is that as you think about this picture, as your life is, is oriented very close to the empty tomb, it's not just that this could be you. This will be you. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.